Man, I am so excited about this series that we've been doing over this last several weeks called 5, 10, 15, 20. So everybody say it real loud. 5, 10, 15, 20. Some of you are going, what in the world is that 5, 10, 15, 20? What is that all about? Well, actually, in the month of July, we have kind of designated this month every year for the last several years as Bible Month. And what we have done in the month of July is that we just take some time to focus on the power of God's Word in our lives. And of course, every Sunday we talk about God's word and it is always important. But in the month of July, what we try to do is just help you to understand and help you to get a love for the scripture. And we challenge you to read the Bible and to memorize the Bible and to get it in your heart and then to help to get it out to people in the world that don't have it available to them. And so in this series, we've kind of had four goals. Everybody say four goals four goals for this series and for this month. And the four goals are really kind of wrapped up in this 5, 10, 15, 20. And that is this, the five stands for this, that we're going to memorize five scriptures this month, that every Sunday in the month of July, I'm going to preach on a scripture that's going to be our memory verse for that week. We'll talk about it and then we will get it down into our heart. In fact, this past week we had a memory verse. How many of you know your memory verse from this last week? A couple of you did pretty good. It's found in Psalm 1. 19 verse 11. If you know it, say it out loud with me. It says, for I have hidden his word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That was kind of weak, but you guys are getting it, right? You're doing all right. So if you didn't get last week, go to the podcast, get that one, memorize that from last week. And that is the five is, is to memorize five scriptures. And then there's the 10 and the 10 is really, really simple. It just goes like this. We have challenged every person here at LifeGate to spend just 10 minutes. Everybody say 10 minutes. 10 minutes each day reading your Bible. And it don't matter where you read from. If you want to read a paper Bible, if you want to read it off your phone, off your iPad, online, if you whatever, you want to read Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, Proverbs, whatever you want to do, but just spend 10 minutes each day reading the Bible. I'm afraid a little bit to ask how many did it, but how many did good this week? Yeah, yeah, you're encouraging me. You did good. Awesome. So 10 minutes each day reading the Bible. And then we get to the 15 and the 15 goes like this. We have challenged every family. Everybody say every family. Every family at LifeGate, I believe every family could do this, to actually give 15 fire Bibles. Now, if you don't know what a fire Bible is, a fire Bible is a, a program that translates Bibles into languages that don't have a Bible in their, in their language. We've discovered that there's over 300 major languages in the world that don't have the Bible in that language, and so we want to do something about it. And we've joined with Fire Bible to translate these Bibles and distribute them to people in the world that don't have a Bible in their language, and we've challenged every family during the month of July to somehow do whatever you got to do to give 15 of these Bibles. Now, it costs $10 to do a fire Bible, so here's the deal. Every family is going to come together and bring at least $150 to translate these Bibles, and I think everybody can do that. Come on. You think you can do it, right? Just nod your head. Yeah, all right, right. And then we get to the 20, and the 20 goes like this, is that at the end of July, on July the 31st, we're going to come together for our final service of this series, and we're going to bring together our Fire Bible offering, and we're believing God that everyone's going to do their part, and on July the 30th, we are going to give $20,000. Come on, how many believe we can do it? 
$20,000. I believe that we can do that. That means we're going to be distributing 2,000 Bibles into the hands of people that don't have a Bible in their translation. And it is awesome, awesome stuff. Memorizing five scriptures, spending 10 minutes a day in the Word, giving fire Bibles, doing this stuff together as a family of God, as a local church. Pretty cool, right? So how many are ready to jump into this today? You ready to jump into this? All right. How many are ready for today's scripture memory verse? Come on, if you're ready. It's on the screen. Here's what we're going to do. It's found in Psalm 119, verse 105. And we're going to read it out loud together. Now, here's the deal. In order to read it out loud, you're going to have to move your lips and stuff is going to have to come out. So you're going to have to help me with this. All right, on the count of three. Here we go. Your word is a lamp to my guide my feet and a light for my path. I messed up because I didn't say one, two, three. And so I messed everybody up. We'll try it again. One, two, three. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Let's do it again. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. How, how many of you have ever found yourself in life feeling like, man, I'm just walking around in darkness? Come on. You're like, I got decisions to make, but I don't know what to do. Like, what do I do with my family? Like, what do I do with this teenage kid who's rebelling and driving me crazy and I don't know what to do? What do I do about my marriage situation? What do I do about my job? Do I stay at the job I'm at or do I take another job? And, and all of these questions and all of these decisions that we have to make sometimes in life. And sometimes it can get a little cloudy. How many know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what to do. And it'd be nice if there would just be like, just all of a sudden a light would just shine and just show me the path to take. Well, here's the good news today is that there is a light for your path, and that light for your path is found in God's Word. In fact, I love the way the Scripture says it in Psalm 119 and verse 130. It says, understanding your Word brings what? Brings light to the minds of ordinary people. Do we have any ordinary people here today? Raise your hand if you're an ordinary people. Ordinary people. You know what's so amazing about this scripture? Is that the Bible doesn't just talk to the pastor. The Bible doesn't just talk to the priest or to some holy anointed man. Actually, the Bible talks to every single one of us. Like ordinary people, just like you and just like me, that actually the Bible can speak into our lives. But let's just be honest today. I mean, how many of you have ever read the Bible and when you're reading it, like you go to read it and you're like, I know Pastor pumped it all up on Sunday and I'm going to read my Bible 10 minutes a day. And then you open up your Bible to start reading it and you read and it's just like nothing. Come on. You ever been there before? It's like, I know it's supposed to be powerful and I know it's supposed to be good, but it just sometimes you read it. It's just like it's dry and I'm not getting anything. and God's not saying anything to me. Come on. How many ever been there before? Right. Just just raise your hand. And, and why is that? Like, why is it that the scripture says that it's so powerful and that we talk about how powerful it is and that it's supposed to light our path and, and all of this stuff. And yet sometimes you can read it and like you just get nothing. And, and the truth is like the Bible, it, it, it can be sometimes kind of a difficult book if you don't know the secret. Everybody look at your neighbor and just say the secrets. The secret, you know, how many like secrets, you know, how many would want to know the secret about how to read your Bible and really get something from it? You want to know that secret? Here's the secret. It comes down to this, this one thing. It's something that someone actually that, you know, his name is the Holy Spirit. How many know the Holy Spirit? 
And a lot of times, you know, at church, we know the Father and the Son. We don't talk a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. He's like weird Uncle Eddie over here nobody wants to talk about, right? But here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is the key to this whole deal. Like he is, the, he is the secret behind how God speaks to us through his word. Because here's the deal. If you read the Bible without the Holy Spirit, then guess what? It's just, it's just words on a page. It's just history lessons. It's just, it's, just, it's just another book. And guess what? We don't need another book. We got lots of books. And without the Holy Spirit, then guess what? It's just like you read it and it's dry and nothing is there. It's just another book. But there is something powerful that can take. Take place in your life when you understand the secret. Here's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit brings light to our eyes that he can actually allow the scripture to come alive. In fact, that's what the Bible says, that, it, that the, the word of God is living and it is active. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit does in us, that he can take things that, that you could read and you don't see anything. And when the Holy Spirit becomes active in our lives, and what happens is suddenly you begin to see things the way God sees them. In fact, I, I've seen this happen so many times throughout the scripture. As you just, as you read and you see the people in the scripture, I, I think about this, uh, this woman in the Old Testament, a woman named Hagar. You might, you might remember her story that, uh, that she had a son named Ishmael. And basically she got kind of kicked out of the house. And so she's going off into the desert. And, and you can imagine what that's like. It's hot and it's dry and she's thirsty. And she's got this little baby that she's carrying around with her. And so the Bible says she's she sets down under a tree and she just becomes so overwhelmed and she just begins to kind of cry and basically says, God, I don't know what to do. And then, and then the Bible says that God heard her cry. And then look what it says in, in the book of Genesis chapter 29 and verse 19. And it says, and then God did what? God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. Now think about this. The, the answer to her need was right there in front of her the whole time, but she couldn't see it until the Holy Spirit opened her eyes to see. And some of you maybe are a little bit like Hagar today, that maybe you come into this place and you maybe you feel stressed out, maybe you feel burdened and you feel dry, and you just, I mean, you need something from God and you just can't seem to see it. And maybe the answer is right there in front of you in God's word, but you just don't see it because you've been looking through natural eyes and maybe the Holy Spirit needs to illuminate your mind to be able to see things the way God sees them, that this week even as you read read your Bible, that, that something would begin to happen, that it would just come to life and you would begin to see things like you never seen them before. You know, I think about this guy in the Old Testament, a guy named Balaam. Everybody say Balaam. I love Balaam's story. Balaam was actually a man of God. He was a prophet, but Balaam found himself going in the wrong direction, actually going down a trail that, that God had not led him to and had actually told him not to go that way. And so as he goes down the pathway, him and his donkey, all of the sudden, the donkey stops in its tracks. And the reason the donkey stopped was because God put an angel of the Lord in the path in front of him with the sword raised. And the donkey could see it, but Balaam couldn't, right? I'm telling you, this is a cool story. If you think the Bible's boring, just go and read. I'm telling you, 
And here's Balaam. He gets frustrated because he's like, I want to go that way. And the donkey won't go that way. And so he starts yelling at the donkey and beating the donkey. And like, this happens like three times until no lie. Go read it. It's found in the book of Numbers. The donkey looks at Balaam and says, what have I done to deserve this punishment? Like the donkey talks, right? I thought that was cooler than y'all are thinking. Basically goes like, what are you doing to me? And then the Bible says, suddenly something happened when the, I'm telling you, when the donkey starts talking to you, it'll get your attention. And suddenly something happens and the Bible says that, that Balaam's eyes were opened up and suddenly he saw the angel that had been there the whole time. You know, some of you may even be in this room today and maybe you come in and you're frustrated with life because you're trying to go down a path that God has not intended for you to go down. And maybe you're going, man, the doors aren't opening in that job and I just can't figure out why I can't get to this place or that place. And you're mad and you're frustrated and you kick the dog and you yell at your wife and you're just mad at the world about all of this stuff. And maybe, 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 maybe God would want to say something to you. Like maybe this week, this is the reason that I'm you need to read your Bible every day because maybe God might want to take the scales off of your eyes and show you some things in his word that maybe he has a better plan for you. Kind of reminds me of the story of the, of the disciples. You may remember the, the disciples that a few days after Jesus had been taken to be crucified and you can imagine the sadness that they must have felt. You can imagine the grief that they must have felt that this, this one, their savior that they had put all their hope in and now they had seen him hang upon a cross and his body be taken to be buried in a tomb. You can imagine the fear as they must have thought they're gonna come after us just like they did Jesus. And so these two disciples are walking along the road, a road that, a pathway that led to Emmaus. And the Bible says that as they were walking along that road that another man came and began to walk along the road with them and that that man was actually the resurrected Jesus. But the people, the two disciples were so filled with grief and with fear that they did not even recognize who he was. They couldn't even, they couldn't even see that it was Jesus. And so they walked along the road and they talked about the scriptures and they said something was happening in their heart, but they couldn't see it and couldn't understand it until they got home and they sat down to eat. And the Bible says that as they started to eat and bless the bread and bless the food, that Jesus began to bless it. And as as he blessed it, that suddenly their eyes were opened and they saw him for who he really was. Some of you maybe are even a little bit like that, like maybe the pressures and the grief, maybe the anxieties and the fears and the, and the stuff, the worries of life have come down upon you so much that you can't even, like you read the Bible and you can't even, you can't even see Jesus in the scriptures. You can't even, can't even see that he is there with you all along, that he has a purpose and a plan that he wants to give you comfort and that maybe this week, even as you begin to read and study the word of God that maybe the Holy Spirit would come in and enlighten your mind that you would read the scripture in a new way and you would understand and experience it and know Jesus in a way that you have never seen or know him before. Illumination. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do to illuminate God's word in your life to give you guidance that his word would be that lamp for your feet and that light for your path and it happens through the Holy Spirit working in us. So how, how many would like to know how to let the word of God come alive to you? How, how do I see it in this way? How many want to know that, how to do that? All right, well, let's just talk about it for just a minute. I want to help you. 
I'm just going to give you a few tips for this week as you begin to read the scripture and as you begin to study it in your own life so that I believe God wants to show you some stuff and he wants to speak to you. So if you're taking notes, we're just going to write down just these four quick tips. Number one, as you're reading your Bible this week, here's what you're going to do. You're going to ask God. Everybody say, ask God. Ask God to open up your eyes. Look what the psalmist writes in Psalm 119 and verse 18. Look what he says. He says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Now think about this. What, what is this scripture actually? It's a prayer. David is praying and he's saying, God, I want to see things in, in the word. I, I, want to, I want you to show me things. I want you to speak to me. And so he prays this prayer. God, Open my eyes that I would see. Open my eyes that I would, I would see wonderful things in the scripture. You know, here's, here's what I would challenge you to do. Even this week, that as you sit down to read your Bible for 10 minutes each day, just pray this prayer before you even begin, before you even begin reading. And even while you are reading in your heart, just pray in this prayer. God, show me something today. God, speak to me. God, open my eyes that I would see the scripture in a way that maybe I haven't seen it before. God, show me. Because here's the deal, guys. You don't need to just read another book. We got plenty of books to read. You You don't just need more information. You don't just need more knowledge or more education. You know what you need? You need a word from God. And so when we read the Bible, it's not just so that we can know more of the Bible, which that's important. Yes, yes, yes. But you know what's even more important than that? That God would show us that we would get a word and a direction from God from his word. And so we, as we sit down to read, we don't just read. We go, God, show me something today. Like open my eyes to see, open my mind to understand, open my heart to receive what you would want to say to me today. And that's what's so cool about the Bible. What's so cool about the Bible is it's, it's the only book that you can, while you are reading it, actually talk to the author. Like, God, show me what you're trying to say. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to me even specific stuff that I need to know for my specific circumstance. That it's not just history that I'm reading about what happened. But no, I can actually have the word of God speak directly to me. And all I have to do is ask. In fact, this is what James was talking about in James chapter 1. Look what he says in verse number 5. He says, if any of you lack wisdom. Hey, that's that's probably most of us. Most of you raised your hand and said, I got stuff that I need to do and I don't know how to do it. Guess what? If you lack wisdom, look what the scripture says. It says he should what? Everybody say it out loud. He should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. Do you need wisdom for your life? Do you need God's word to speak to you? You know what you do? You ask him. God, I need you to show me something today. I need your wisdom. I need you to help me. And the Bible says he's not going to look down on you. It says without finding fault. He's not going to be like, what are you, dumb down there? Don't you know? No, no, no. He wants to give you wisdom. He wants to show you. And all you have to do is ask. And that wisdom that he gives, it comes through his word. In Psalm 32 and verse 8, it says that he will instruct us and teach us. He will show us the way that we should go and he will counsel and watch over us through his word. Number two, check this out. I must come to God with a humble attitude. Everybody say attitude. I'll say it with a little attitude. Attitude. You got to come to God with the right attitude. And what is the right attitude? The right attitude is an attitude of humility. 
We come to God's word. Like when you pick up the, the Bible and you begin to read it, you come to it with this attitude of God I need you to show me something because I don't know what to do. See, here's the deal. A lot of us, here's what we do. We come to church, we listen to the message, we read our Bible and, and whatever, and then we, it's just kind of like something we check off the list, something that I got to do. But we've already kind of made up in our mind what we're going to do, the decision we're going to make about our job or the decision we're going to make about. And here's the deal. If you have that kind of attitude, guess what? God's not going to show you nothing. Because, I mean, it is impossible to learn anything if you think you already know it all. In fact, I've shared this, this uh, quote with you before, but I love it. It's so, it's so applicable here, and it goes like this. It says, the greatest hindrance to discovery is not ignorance, but the illusion of knowledge. Put that in Fort Worth terms. It just means that if you think you know it all, you're not going to learn nothing, you know? And that's the way a lot of us, like, we already know what we're going to do. We already know what steps we're going to take. We already know. And then we, we read the Bible, and why would God show us anything if we think we already know? So here's what we have to do. We come to him with the right attitude, humbly saying, God, I'm desperate. I don't know. You've got to show me. In Psalm uh, 25, verse 9, it says that he guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his ways. Like when we humble ourselves, then he can show us. He can guide us. He can teach us. The Bible says in Proverbs 3 and verse 5, it says that we should, we, we all know this, and we should trust in the Lord with all our heart. And then what do we do? We lean not on what? Our own understanding. Like it's not about what I know or what I understand. We come to God going, God, I don't know and I don't understand. And so I'm trusting you. And then it says in what? In all your ways. All your ways, not some of your ways, all of your ways. You know what that means? That means in, in, my, in my business ways, in my money ways, in my marriage ways, in my sexual ways, in my relationship ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And then what does he say he will do? He will direct your path. Isn't that what we're talking about? I don't know which way to go. I need a light for my path. Where does it start? With this attitude of I come to God and I come to his word saying, I don't know what to do. And I'm looking to your word for answers. It's the right attitude, a humble attitude. Number three, write this one down. You got to acknowledge and turn from sin and conflict. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. God will not open your eyes to his word if your body and mind are full of junk. It's so true. In fact, this is what Jesus said. Jesus says, blessed are the pure at heart, for they will what? They will see God. You want to see God? You want to see things through his word? You know what it starts? It starts with a, with a purity of heart. Let's, I mean, let's just... Call it like it is. If you got junk going on in your mind, I mean, guys, if you're looking at porn at night on the internet and then you wake up the next morning thinking, well, I'm just going to ask God to forgive me and I'll read my Bible and God will show me something. Guess what? If that's what's in your heart and in your mind, your eyes are going to be blinded to see. You know, let's, let's, not, let's be an equal opportunity offender this morning. And ladies, if you're reading trashy novels, come on. And then you want to open up the Bible and let God say something to you. No, 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 no. Blessed are the pure in hearts for they will then see God. Let's just, I mean, let's just offend everyone this morning or this afternoon. If you've got, I mean, if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, if you're holding on to a grudge against someone else, if you're going around with jealousy and bitterness in your heart, guess what? You're not going to be able to see what God's trying to say to you in the word. 
You gotta, you have a, gotta have a pure heart if you wanna see God. In fact, the scripture speaks very specifically to it in 1 John 2 and verse 11. It says, whoever hates his brother is in darkness and is walking around in darkness. And uh, he who does, he does not know which way he is going because he is blinded by the darkness around him. See, if we got junk in our heart, then our eyes are gonna be blinded to see God's word. Now, being pure at heart doesn't mean per- perfect. No one is perfect. But what it means, is it means that my motives and my heart are to please God. And when I get to that place, then I can open his word. And he begins to show me stuff that I wouldn't be able to see if I was living with an impure heart. So how do we let the Holy Spirit enlighten our minds as we read the scripture? We ask him. We ask God, we come humbly with the right attitude. We acknowledge and we turn from our sin. Number, number three, look at this one. Or number four, we have to commit in advance. Everybody say in advance. We commit in advance to do whatever God says. See, here's the attitude we got to come to the scripture with, that when I open the Bible, I come saying, God, as you speak to me, whatever you say, my answer is Yes. Even, even before I know what you're going to say, I'm going to do what you want me to do. See, a lot of us come to the Bible and we read it, but we're not committed to doing, like, I'll do the easy stuff, but that hard stuff, I don't know if I really want to do that. But here's, here's how we really open our minds for the Holy Spirit to begin to show us things. This is when we come to the Scripture going, God, even if it's something I don't want to do, even if it's something hard, even, or even if it's something easy, sometimes it's the easy stuff we don't want to do. Whatever you say, God, I will do it. Before I even know what the question is, my answer is yes. In fact, this is what, this is what the psalmist was talking about in Psalm 119 and verse 33. Look at, look at the commitment that he makes. He says, teach me, O Lord, to know your decrees, and then I will keep them. Give me understanding, and I will keep your laws, and I will obey it with all my heart. Look what he says. He says, God, if you will teach me, if you will show me, if you will guide me, you do your part, and here's my part. I'll do whatever you guide me to do. I'll obey whatever you say. That's what I will do. And when, man, when you come to God with that attitude, guess what's going to happen? The Holy, the Holy Spirit is going to work in the scripture, is going to jump off the page at you, and it's going to be stuff that comes alive that you are going to be ready to apply to your life when you have this kind of attitude. But it only comes when you come to God saying, God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. You know, that's really the point of it all anyway. The whole reason that we challenge you to memorize your Bible and to read your Bible every day and all of that kind of stuff is not because it's like some Christian thing that I got to do to check off the marks and be a good Christian. It is important. Those are important disciplines. But what it really comes down to is, will I do what it says for me to do? Application is the most important part. And the truth is, like, if I want to get, if I want to get more light, if I want to see more from the word of God, then I got to do more of what God is saying for me to do. I mean, it goes all the way back to our memory verse for, for the day that God's word is a light, lamp to our feet, a light for our path. You know, back in those days, a lamp would have been a torch. They would carry around a torch that they would be outside in the darkness and they can't see the next step. And so they'd have this torch to show them the way. Nowadays, we don't carry around a torch. What do we carry around? An iPhone, right? And in the phone, you just, I mean, if it's dark, you pull the phone out, you turn on the flashlight, right? And you think about how a flashlight works. The flashlight doesn't light up the whole room. What does the flashlight light up? It just lights up the next step. 
And so in order to get a little more light on the path, what do you have to do? You have to take the next step. That's how the light works. As you turn on the light, you put it on the path, and it lights that step. And then as you take another step, what does it do? It lights the next step. And as you take another step, what does it do? It lights the next step and the next step and the next step. And most of us, here's the reason we're not getting anything from God's Word is because we're reading it saying, God, I want you to just like turn on the big light so I can see the next 20 steps, right? Like if you, I mean, the next 20 miles would even be great, God, if you can just show me all the stuff and how it's going to, but it doesn't work that way. I know sometimes we, we're, we're pretty stubborn. I've been this way before. God, I'm not moving until you show me the next 14 steps. Well, guess what? You're going to be waiting a while if that's your attitude because God's got a whole lot more time than you do. And he's a whole lot more patient than you are. And so we got to come to this, to this realization that we go, hey, Maybe God's not going to show me the next 15 steps. Maybe he's already shown me the next step in his word. And in order to get more, I just got to take another step. And maybe some of you are even here right now. And God's already given you, he's already shown you the step you need to take. He's already shown you the person you need to forgive. He's already shown you how you need to begin to trust him with the tithe. He's already shown you how you, what you need to do. And you just need to take the step and do it. And then as you do, then he begins to show you the next step. And as you do that, he shows you the next step and the next step and the next step. And some of you, you read your Bible and go, I'm not getting anything from this. And here's the reason you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to begin to speak through it. The Holy Spirit speaks through it when we come to it with the right attitude. We come to it with the right heart and we say, God, I need you to show me. I don't know the way. I don't know what to do. But whatever you want me to do, I want to please you and I want to keep my heart pure. And when you tell me, I'll do it. And I'm telling you, it'll change. It'll change your whole Bible study when you start to have these kind of attitudes. So this week, I just challenge you. Challenge you, first of all, some of you didn't raise your hand that you read your Bible 10 minutes a day. Come on, everybody can do that. It's not hard. You got it in your pocket with you everywhere that you go. Just open it up 10 minutes each day and read. And as you're reading, don't just read, but ask God, God, please speak to me today. Come to him with an attitude of God. I'm desperate to hear from you. I need to know, and I want to please you with all my life. And whatever you ask me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm telling you, the words of the page will begin to jump off. They come alive if you have this kind of attitude because that's what's so powerful about the Bible. It's living and active. The Holy Spirit speaks through it to our lives.